So tonight we're continuing a short series on the short book of Jude. Jude is a short book, but it's also very challenging. There's a lot of things in it that are difficult to get a complete sense of, and we'll work through a couple of those things tonight. But the overall message of the book of Jude is clear. We're called to contend for the faith, and not just for us to contend to the faith, but we also receive the assurance at a couple key points in Jude that God gives us the power to sustain us. And that's why we're calling this sermon series Sustainable Power, God's power that continues to renew us to follow him. Tonight we're going to read Jude verses 3 to 10. Hear the word of the Lord. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and slander celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Yet these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand, and what things they do understand by instinct, like unreasoning animals. These are the very things that destroy them. This is God's word for us tonight. So the situation is a high school youth group retreat. And Michael is a, shall we say, mischievous senior. And Devin is a gullible freshman. And they end up staying in the same room with a number of other young guys at this camp. And the first night of the retreat, Michael decides to start telling ghost stories. And he starts out with a couple strange little incidents at the camp about things that showed up in unexpected places or got moved around. And then he launches into this huge monologue with characters and voices and sound effects about this guy who disappeared and they never found the body and on and on. And this freshman, Devin, is really gullible. And as the stories go on and on, he, he gets more and more fidgety and, and worried. And after an hour or so of this, he's shaking in fear and and about that point, Michael says, my work here is done. And he rolls over and starts to go to sleep and leaves the rest of the cabin to deal with Devin for the rest of the night going, guys, guys, what was that? What was that? Now then, up till today, I've never really understood the appeal of, of ghost stories, of trying to scare other people. I just, for whatever reason, I don't get it. But when we read Jude, and especially when we read it, if we haven't read it for a while or if we come to it kind of fresh, Jude can read a little bit like a story that's just meant to scare us. 
There's all kinds of weird stuff in this book, and, and a lot of it just doesn't seem to make sense on a first reading. But together tonight, we're going to dig in, and we're going to see how God speaks to us through this bit of his word. And we're going to begin with Jude's warnings against falling away. Jude writes this letters to combat false teachers who've slipped into the church. And these are teachers who claim to be inside the Christian faith, but really they're reshaping the faith to fit whatever they want it to be. They try to deny what God has revealed to his people. They live immoral and unchristian lives. They they deny that Jesus really is the Lord of their lives, and they try to add other things into the faith. So Jude writes this letter to urge believers not to fall away. And he gives a number of examples, a number of stories to make his point that God's people should not fall away. And the first example he gives, he talks about how the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who didn't believe. And there's whole chapter upon chapter and exodus and numbers of, of God's people. After they've left Egypt, they've been delivered from Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land. And whenever anything goes wrong, as they're wandering in the wilderness, whenever anything goes wrong, it seems like they really quickly go back to wailing and whining and, oh, we want to go back to Egypt. Life in Egypt was hard, but, and we were slaves, but, and, and it wasn't great, but, but at least we had enough to eat. And over and over again, we see God's people say, we want to go back to Egypt. Now, on the level that the Lord has liberated them from slavery, that's insulting to say, well, thanks for delivering us, but we want to go back. But if we really think about the Exodus story, when God delivers his people from Egypt, that is a power encounter between God and the gods of Egypt. This is not a political question. This is a cosmic, a religious one. And so when the people are saying, I want to go back to Egypt, what they're really saying is, I don't want to follow the Lord. Thanks for helping us out, God, but I want a different God, one who will treat us better. And Jude brings up that story to, to make the point that we should not fall away from the Lord we should not turn to any other kind of God or even to our own picture of who God is instead of who God has revealed himself to be. So that's the first story Jude mentions in our text. And his second one gets a little more difficult. He talks about these angels who left their places and, and then God threw them into this prison. And honestly, we're not 100% sure what Jude is talking about there, but there's a couple options. One is he's talking about the original fall of angels, Satan, the demons rebelled against God, fell out of heaven. That's one option. Another option is that there's this strange few verses in Genesis chapter 6 where it talks about how the sons of God, whatever that means, came down and kind of intermarried with and intermingled with the daughters of men. And some people interpret that text, Genesis 6, to be about angels somehow coming down and trying to become part of the human race and and it's weird right it, it there's no real great explanation for what's going on in genesis 6 but whichever of those stories jude is thinking back to here's the point he's making angels 
these beings created with wonderful power and status, created by God himself, well, they turned away from that plan to something else. They turned away from who God had made them to be to be something less than that, and they suffered because of it. When they turned away from God, God turned away from them and prepared them for judgment. That's the second story. And the third example is a much more well-known one. Jude takes us to Sodom and Gomorrah and the towns around them, and, and he cites them as places that are famously or were famously immoral and perverse, so much so that God rained down the fire of judgment from heaven because, because there was no righteousness, no rightness in those places. They sinned against God flagrantly and high-handedly, and they face judgment because of it. And then fourth and finally, and Jude is building and building and building and building here. And, and these aren't familiar stories to us necessarily, but they're actually in the Jewish literature of the time, the Jewish literature of the centuries before this even, these stories are almost set pieces. They're stories that, that Jewish writers would pick up to make points along these lines of staying faithful. So Jude is singing a familiar song to his original audience here. Not to us, but he's singing a familiar song to his original audience. But this last story is not at all, at all familiar to us, right? He references this story of Michael and the devil getting into a fight over the body of Moses. In the Old Testament, we have this story of how Moses went up on a mountaintop. God showed him the promised land, and then Moses died, and his body was buried. Nobody knows where. All right, that's in the Old Testament. This confrontation between Michael and the devil is not. And we actually don't have the original document that this story is in. We don't even know for sure what document it was, but apparently it was familiar back at Jude's time. And as best as we construct the story, we can reconstruct, the story goes like this. Moses dies. The devil comes to lay claim to his body, apparently because he murdered the guy in Egypt like decades and decades before. And so he thinks he can have Moses' body. And Michael has been sent by the Lord to claim Moses' body and bury it somewhere the Lord has picked out. And, and Michael and the devil get in an argument. And the devil makes a legal claim on Moses' body. And, and Michael says... Let's let the Lord decide. He appeals to God's judgment. And then the devil storms off because he knows that God is going to give a judgment that's going to favor Michael and be just and all that. And so the devil wanders off mad. So just to recap that, angel and devil fighting. Angel appeals to the Lord for a righteous decision and the devil storms off. That's our best guess about what's going on in this story. And why in the world does Jude bring up that story, you might well ask. Well, here's what Jude seems to want us to get from that story. In that story, Michael is clearly in the right. Michael is an angel. Michael has been sent by God on this mission. And the devil is the devil. He's clearly in the wrong. But when the two of them get into an argument, Michael doesn't use his own authority. He appeals to the Lord. He lets the Lord render judgment. He says, let's stick with the Lord's word. And that's what Jude wants us to get out of that story. As far as I know, none of us here are archangels. 
And Jude is making the point that even, even a glorious celestial being like that puts himself under God's authority. Even Michael says, Let, let's let the Lord be the one who decides how this is going to go. And so Jude wants us as, as followers of Jesus. He wants us as Christian believers to be people who put ourselves under God's judgment. He wants us to be people who say, whatever God says is what I will stick to. And again, remember that Jude is writing this letter to combat false teachers who are trying to pull the people away into all kinds of religious practices and beliefs that go against what God has revealed, that go against the Old Testament, that go against the stories and the Gospels of Jesus, that go against what the, the early church teachers were proclaiming. And Jude is saying, don't fall away. Not even angels get to sit above God's word, so hold on to God's word. And these are words that we need to hear today, too. We are tempted today to reframe God's word to fit our contemporary agendas. We are tempted today to, to minimize doing God's will and to maximize whatever gives us the most pleasure and the most prosperity. And we may hear those things and say, oh yes, those people in the other political party or, or those people I disagree with. Or, no, it's about us. Jude is telling us, don't fall away. Don't fall away. Hold on to God's word. And that's the positive side of what Jude is doing here in this text and in this book. He's giving us a call to hold on. He's urging us, don't fall away. But even more than that, hold on. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep holding on to the faith that has been entrusted to us once and for all. And that faith is faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus who delivers us from bondage to sin and death. Jesus who gives us a new way to live. Jesus who teaches us God's word and who shows us God's word lived out. That is the faith you have received, says Jude. Hold on to it. Full stop. Let Jesus be your Lord and your sovereign and let nobody pull you away from that. Hold on to him. And Jude uses the word contend for the faith. And that's a word that's sometimes used of athletic contests or games. Strive to be the victor. Compete with all your might to win the game. It's also used in legal context. Contend, argue with everything you've got. Put everything you've got into this side of this case to win the day. And contend is used of military situations too. It means battle, fight, put everything you have into this struggle. And that is what Jude is calling us to do. To contend for the faith that has been given us. Jude is not pulling out these strange, unfamiliar stories, at least strange and unfamiliar to us, just to scare us or confuse us. He's not, 
He's not telling ghost stories. The point that Jude is trying to get us to is not fear. It is faith. I was on a church retreat once, and we had a whole big campfire going. And as the night went on, people, as they do, sort of wrapped up and and went off to bed bit by bit. And late in the night, the campfire was starting to die down a little bit, and it was just Joel and Aaron and, and I sitting around the campfire. And there's something about being around a campfire at a campground with the stars overhead late at night when you've been talking for a while that helps people open up in a, in a deeper way than we might in some other contexts. And Joel and Aaron were a little bit older than me, but we were all in kind of that high school, college, upper teens, early 20s, figuring life out stage. And so we got to talking about, about how you make good decisions when life gets rough. And how when you're making these decisions about, about your whole life, about what kind of person you're going to be and, and what you're going to value and what you're really going to strive for, how do, you, how do you do that and be faithful to the Lord? And how do you hear God's will? How do you understand what he wants for you in particular? And, and how do you understand what he wants of all of his people? So Joel and Aaron and I, we sit around this campfire and, and we share stories and we talk and we bring up situations and we get real about some tough stuff and we share what, whatever wisdom we have as young men and we talk and we encourage each other. Hold on to the faith. And that's what Jude is trying to do for us. He's not throwing crazy stuff out there just to get us confused. He's, he's not throwing stories of judgment just to get us scared. He's telling campfire stories to show us how to live. He's, he's pointing out all kinds of wrong roads and saying you don't want to go there and you don't want to go there and you don't want to go there because look where that and that and that lead. What you want to do is you want to be on the path of Jesus Christ. That's what Jude is doing for us. He's trying to point us to Jesus. Trying to point us to the right path that leads to the kind of life that we want to have. There is no denying that this short book of Jude has some, has some strange stories in it. Some things that, you know, we could spend a lot more time talking about than I'm going to take time to do tonight. We, we can't deny there's some unique stuff in here. But the point of the stories, the point of the stories is to urge us to remind us, to call us, not to fall away, but to hold on. To hold on. So with the faith God has entrusted to us, let's be always contending. Let's be contending for the faith in our lives, in our world. Let's be always looking to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you bring your word to life in our lives. We pray that you work in all of our hearts to convict us where we're going wrong. And Lord, show us if we are on wrong paths, show us where that's leading. Show us the truth of, of where our actions and our choices are guiding us to.
And Father, we pray that you do that not to fill us with despair, but to bring us to the hope that we have in Christ. Help us to see what the right path is. Help us to to see Jesus in all his grace and all his glory. And Father, work in us to deepen our faith so that we can hold on, so that we can contend for the faith once and for all entrusted to us in Jesus Christ. And Father, we give you thanks that even more than we hold on to you, that you hold on to us. We pray that you never let us go, but instead bring us to be now and forever with you. Amen.